Hi, welcome to Two Girls, One Journey. I'm Naya. I'm Gabby. Here we talk about all things kidney beans. And everything in between. Hello, friends. This is Gabby. And it's Naya. And this is Two Girls, One Journey. All right, guys. So we had other ideas for this episode, but did I say it? Did we get stood up? We probably did get stood up, but it's okay because yeah, we're new and upcoming. That being said, we had to figure out what to talk about. We have a whole list, but some of those things require some research, and we didn't want to waste time. And sometimes, you know, it's nice to talk about things that aren't necessarily so serious when it comes to kidneys. I think a while back, Gabby and I mentioned like briefly why we kind of decided to do a podcast because we were both kind of angry about about what Gabby we were angry about the Francia what's her last name the one who gave Selena Gomez her kidney and like that whole situation like no hate or shade to them but like that was handled all wrong and like just the way the media portrays it is not cool so I would get mad because it would come up on like my feed on like TikTok or YouTube. Everyone focused on the negatives and I don't think people even like who share the topic technically are there's a bigger picture at hand. And I don't like the fact that they're giving living donation such a bad kind of rep or maybe Francia isn't necessarily giving it a good rep. No, I guess she feels some type of way because she was saying how, you know, she always knew she was going to test from the moment because I guess her and Selena used to live together and Selena Gomez came home and tried to open a water bottle and she couldn't and she got mad and threw the water bottle. So dramatic. And Francia's like, yo, what's up? What's wrong with you? And she's like, I'm dying. Francia's like, what? And then she explained and Francia's like, oh, of course I'll test for you. Which is great. Like, that's great. Uh, You know, to have a friend that like was willing to jump into that like without knowing like. In a split second. Yeah, like that's great. Not dogging that. What we don't like is the way it was handled and it was probably because of their, I don't want to say high priority, but you know what I mean? Like they're celebrities. They had more resources. Right. You know. And so Selena Gomez, let's get this straight. She never went on dialysis. She got like a legit. Not sounding bitter with that. Like what? I didn't mean to sound bitter. (laughs) No, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. But like she never did dialysis. She didn't really have to struggle much. Like she found out she was going to renal failure, needed a kidney and she got one. But like, I guess the way it worked is Francia said that she, you know, tested, did everything, but then Selena was the one who called her and was like, oh my God, did you hear the new good news? You're a match. Okay, but I also feel like we're missing a lot, like, before we even get into that part. Okay, now, go on. No, I'm just, like, stating the story that from the interviews I've seen yeah, of her, yeah, yeah. like, that's pretty much, she doesn't really say much. She just said that Selena was the one that told her she's a match, and Which? she was like... Is oh, wrong. Yeah, which is, that is wrong. No, the transplant center is supposed to tell you and you only. The patient isn't supposed to know, or, yes. you know, the recipient. Okay, so just to give an example, my husband and I did the living donation. Me and my husband, by law, are considered like one, right? But he had his own team. I had my own team. The only time, like, even when I went to his appointments, there was a couple of appointments I couldn't go. And even beforehand, I would tell him, and even in front of their team, I was like, look, you can do everything by yourself. You know, the only thing they didn't allow me was a social worker, um, psych, and I think something else, another part of the eval. But everything was literally based, it was 
separate, like completely. So if at any which point he decided to not do it, and he, mind you, he's still my husband. Yeah. That's, I want that. I want him to have that, what's the word? That barrier. Like that barrier, yes. Like, just go ahead, do your thing. Am I going to be mad? No. I'm even happy he decided to test for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, I don't know. You know, I don't get, this is totally off topic of this lady I've been saying. It's like, have you met somebody who's like, they're like, oh, yeah, I want a kidney, but, you know, I don't want my boyfriend to test because of this, or I don't want my boyfriend because because of that. And I'm like, are you, like, turning down people testing for you? So I can't sit here and be like, I didn't want him to do it. It's not that you don't want them to do it. It's that you know it's a big decision, you know. And it's Yeah, a, but they that's their decision to make, and if they want to do it. Yes, no, wholeheartedly. But sometimes, too, I just think, like... You have to think of it in the perspective. If we're talking about significant others only, that's my husband, right? If something were to happen to him because he donated a kidney or what have you, I would feel horrible. That's true. Because I know, and it's not even about me. It's just I don't want him to experience what I experienced. Like, that's what I was afraid of. So my, and if I'm being brutally honest on here, I didn't want my husband to test he had to be like, if I can help someone who's gone through what we're going through, I see you every day struggle, come home and cry, they no longer want to do this. If I can help you and someone else at the same time by donating an organ of mine, fuck yeah, I'm going to do it. So when he changed that perspective, like it clicked in my head. I'm like, you're right. Like, because I know what we've gone through, what I've gone through, what he's gone through, like seeing your partner go through I that. guess it's just different too because we've had this discussion before is I don't know any better I kind of not that I expect it because that sounds um what you entitled call it, entitled yeah it's not that I don't expect it it's just I don't like I would do it for anybody you know and so I know in my like my brother and my cousin were the first ones to step up for me Okay, true, but realistically, people say that when it comes to, that, that has two steps to it, because you'll probably do it because obviously you know what it's like, because you were in the, that lifestyle. But even people who, when I read comments, when it comes to the whole friends, you know, I would only don- donate for an organ. I mean, an organ for my family. Half the time, your own family don't do it. Yeah, that, and you're not even a match. So it's like, you're, I don't know, I don't understand people, and this whole topic gets me so heated, because it's like, I don't understand. Like, just because you don't have a connection with somebody or something, like, you don't want to do it. Like, a life is a life. That person is still struggling. And the only time I can relatively see that or understand that is, for example, if parents have children, you know, especially the young children, you know, there's that possibility something were to come up. I can understand that, and I understand it. I'm not going to say, like, I don't understand it. I'm an Oregon donor since I learned how to drive, because I'm about to get really morbid here, but I don't care. What is my body? I want to be cremated, but take my organs first. Like, someone can use it. I've always had the understanding. I've never, ever gotten the point of burying somebody. To me, it's a waste. I'm sorry. I... I know there's people who are religious and there's religious factors I respect and I get it Um, but I don't want my body to waste it's a whole cycle of life and blah 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 okay but someone can use that cycle of life you can use eyes you can use skin everything like bones like so it's just like I understand the the point how people can think don't get me wrong but 
I just feel when it came specific to why we made the podcast and how angry you would get it's just that people don't understand like people would talk about it be like oh and then people the reason it has like this bad connotation is because there's a feud quote unquote between Francia and Selena oh we don't talk the best friend thing let me tell you something it's all propaganda. It's all social media. You know them two girls probably be talking. They may not be as close because friendships have their ebb and their flow. Let's be honest, right? So I think a lot of things with celebrities get misconstrued. Let's be honest. I'm yin. But my whole point is that people were like, oh, I'd never give up a kidney because, you know, you might not talk to the friend or blah, blah, blah. Then you shouldn't even be donating if that's how or you Or my favorite comment, can I get the kidney back after? <laughs> no. Like, the whole point is that, like, the act of donating an organ, even donating after death, right? Not per se, just living. It's an act of selflessness. It's an act of like, you know where you're getting into and you can't have that mentality like, oh, I want it back because- Starfish story. Huh? The starfish story I told you. Yes. Do you want to talk about it? So there's this guy, Harvey Mysell, who I met, and he runs this website called LKDN and um, the Living Kidney Donor Network.net, I believe. And his whole um, niche is to let your donor find you. So he makes you cards, you know, you go tell your story to multiple people, hundreds, thousands times a day, share it to whomever. And eventually he got a kidney by his um, gardener, told his wife, and his wife is like, oh, maybe I'm a match for him. And she turned out to be a match for him. Um, so I met him, <coughs> and he started this um, uh starfish award on his website for people who donate and um he there are these glass starfish that he makes and basically the story is is that there was this kid on the beach that was trying to save all the starfish that washed up and he was trying to throw them back and this guy came up to him and was like why are you do why are you bothering doing that they're like already dead like and he's like because if i can throw them all back and you know if one is alive then at least i saved one mm -hmm. is the premises behind the story so that's I thought that was a good concept. story yeah that's a beautiful concept I kind of like how um I can't oh my god I'm drawing a blank uh Sarah Highland oh yeah kind of talks about it and is open about it I remember watching her I think on Vogue dude I was like crying I actually I think I saw that like before I even went into kidney failure and you know, I mm -hmm. had it yeah and I felt for her because like you could just imagine what you've gone through lo and behold I'd be in the same predicament mm -hmm. but no but for her to still act and stuff and do what she did like well, and I think she did do dialysis, if I'm not she mistaken. Did. When she was doing Modern Family, yeah. Yeah, and like no hate to Selena or anything, but it's like she doesn't even try to promote her story, promote living donation. I mean, she shares her story, and she did that new Apple pod show, Apple yeah. show that they have, the Deer something, where she wrote a letter to Francia. But it's like, I don't know. I hope she appreciates it because. And like, hope, honestly, I hope she doesn't have to ever experience what we experience because it sucks. It does suck. And to be honest, like, she focuses a lot about mental health and obviously it's a big part because she's also bipolar. And at the same time, I can respect not wanting to talk about it, but, and I hate to make it seem like her, her story, her illness isn't as bad, but if you think of it in a medical perspective, she she's stable she's, she's fine yeah she got she was aware she was gonna need a kidney eventually i don't know how soon she was to getting on dialysis right, right. um but she didn't have to do dialysis because once you do dialysis and you know that's a whole other ball game 
and they always say if you know you're in kidney failure to try and you don't have to do dialysis yet try to get a, do- a living donor so I just think that it's just upsetting it's upsetting because as I said she doesn't have to speak about it but her platform can do so good and I could respect where Francia has been very open about her situation and being a living donor, but I also think maybe they should focus on some of the positives. Yeah, like no shade towards her, but it's like you're you're out here spreading, you know, false information sort of when you take when you say that. And when you say those things, it puts thoughts in people's heads. And people already, you know, know so little about this and you know, already don't wanna I mean the world doesn't wanna help other people already. You know, it's like, it always comes back to my whole thought process, the sense of humanity. I feel like it's lost. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's upsetting. And I like how Sarah Highland talks about it. And she's open about it. And she doesn't talk about it all the time, but she's open to discussing it. Right. You know, I think that, and I hate to compare people because obviously everyone's different, things like that. But this is hard to talk about. It is, but you need to share your testimony with other people. I have a friend like that, too, who, see, to me, it's always been share your story. You have a great story. Share your story. You have a great story. And I share it. And I know I have to share it because, you know, eventually, yeah, you will need another kidney. But my close friend, you know, anytime she gets to share her story, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want to share her story. She doesn't want anything to do with it. And I'm like, well, then how do you expect to I don't know but I just to me like and then I don't know like I also try to recruit her for AAKP and stuff you know too because I think that would be great because they also complain about the same things we do with the government and this and that and I'm like well you can change it no I can't I'm not going to share my testimony because it's not going to do anything I'm like okay then no you can't have that mentality like it's not going to be instant it takes work it takes dedication and the more the merrier the more it promotes the thing like let's think of it if you and the more personal you get the more shit is going to change so like one thing I wanted to say too like imagine if you were going to D.C. and you you know we've all seen the marches and things like that imagine Sometimes I feel like people have to visually see the amount of people waiting for an organ, right? Like, I think we all have to take a march at the Capitol and relay the information and the the bad. And, and granted, there's some good in this to an extent, but it's difficult. And that's that we, like, I don't want to minimize what we had, but we had kidney, we have kidney failure, right? And, but it's not our lungs. It's not our heart. Like, imagine those kinds of organs where they're, like, everything is crucial, don't get me wrong. But that's even more, like, crazy. And then also, too, think of it, like, with the amount of people worldwide, I think for one person, there's, like, at least, like, five matches in theory. They, um, when I was in NYU, they showed a picture of their football stadium, and they said that it sits, like... I forgot how many people they said that it sits. I have the picture in my folder, but they said it sits that many people, and more people than that are waiting for an organ. Oh, yeah. So I said, oh, I think it fits like 86,000 in the biggest stadium that's in New York, and then like 114,000 need organs. I think it's 120,000. but Something like that. Yeah, but that's crazy, and most of those people need kidneys. Yeah, and that's like the visual that they gave you. The analogy was the football field, and they gave the picture and everything. And I think that's what people see. That's why like, I always show like during the, like, the National kidney month I was putting that on my Instagram because sometimes visually people understand better mm-hmm. I think I did myself a little bit of the service because when I was talking about my journey and stuff it was I was heavy on TikTok 
mind you, my TikTok is public. My Instagram is private, and so is my Facebook. Um, I didn't even share so much on like my tic- my Instagram because to me it's like my safe space. But when I did finally share that we're going into surgery, stuff, 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 like a lot of people were like, well, wishes. Well, some people were like, I didn't know you were struggling with that, you know. Yeah. But I think it's also how like my brain was trying to like. I needed. An I think yeah, you needed to grieve because I didn't start sharing my story until two years into it, maybe. Well, it's not necessarily grieving, but because I spoke about it on TikTok and um, like social media wise, like Instagram was like my happy place. I'd go see like things not really kidney related for the most part or sad. Because I'd be on TikTok, I'm like, that's so freaking sad. But like, if you were to go to my old TikToks, I'd talk about everything, my weight loss journey. You see me crying, you see me going through it. And I said before, some people don't like that because they think you should always promote all positivity. And, but I personally choose to share those raw moments because like, if you stumble on a random video where I'm talking about happy things, I don't want you to just see the happy moments. I want you to understand that. The whole thing. The whole thing. But if you're in a similar situation, like, go back to the videos and you'll see, like, me crying, sobbing hysterically to, like, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, yeah, like, we're not... I'm trying to say we've never been there, but um, you kind of just have to push forward. Yeah. And for me, I dealt with um, dialysis and stuff for... It would have been three years right in March got transplanted in January um it wasn't until 2022 where I started to like really accept the life that I was having like I'm here I have to um try to deal with it as best as I can until whatever happens happens it's 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 very exhausting but you know going back to that whole situation no one knows what happened if whatever you're seeing is true but I just think that they're giving, especially for the younger demographic, because their demographic is young, right? And specific to kidneys, it's... Mostly you can donate at 18, usually. Yeah. I think they could have been handled so much better, especially because the demographic is so young. And half the time, people don't realize that they're having kidney issues until they're feeling symptomatic or they're ready in failure. It's the shitty part about kidney disease. You're right, Francie, that, like, that whole situation could have han- been handled better, and it could have started, like, you know the snowball saying, like, it just keeps building and building and building, and that's kind of, like, what it seems like, too. Yeah, Because, like, true. so many things went wrong that it just kept I think ethically going. the doctors did Not wrong. wrong, but you know what I meant, like... Well, yeah, I mean, ethically, when it came to her, as we were talking earlier, it was wrong that they told Selena first. That's never right okay never right so in that that aspect she was done wrong um because i think that maybe at one point she felt pressure and i get that but let's be honest regardless if she got a kidney from francia or not selena was going to get a kidney sooner than later let's be wholeheartedly honest that's true because she has the resources and the money too yeah so that becomes a whole other topic of like accessibility and things like that like yeah, because generally the wait in California is like 10 years minimum. Yeah, well, yeah, it's another thing depending on where you live and if like it, in your blood type, it, it averages in different locations, like some are five years, some are 10 years, things like that. So it is kind of just like annoying and upsetting. And here we are, a small podcast trying to create some awareness. And I hope that we can reach people, whether you're fully impacted by this or not, or 
not necessarily kidney related. It's just, it's just a lot, you know. I wish people spoke about it. I know George Lopez is really yeah. active on that. He his has wife gave him or ex-wife, ex-wife gave him a kidney. His um, he has a kidney, the George Lopez Kidney Foundation, I believe it is. Um, so I think that's really awesome, especially too, because he has a different demographic. Like he's a Hispanic man and things like that, which is really cool as well. Because a lot of people too, like in a Hispanic and Black community, I don't think know that they're at higher risk because of high blood pressure and like diabetes, which are the two leading causes. Well, not only that, but social environmental factors too. Like you know, uh, poor, not poor, but uh, wait, what the fuck am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. I can't think like of the right nutrition thing. and yeah, like uh, you know, healthcare, healthcare, your nutrition, like you know where you live. You know, you're obviously you know. There's like for example, the doctor I work with that says you know Georgia has a lot of people that don't have any sort of insurance or anything that can't you know because they're in such a low income. So usually, if I'm not varies by state, but if you're under a certain income. You qualify for like government health care, right? Not specific to ESRD, let's just say in general, right? No, I thought you had to be like old or like no. have some sort of condition. No, because I know in New York you can get Medicaid if you don't if you don't have a certain like you're under a certain limit. It's usually like the poverty line. I think it's depending on each state though. That's why I said it depends oh, okay. on each state. But even so, like if that's the case, then you still have some accessibility than yeah. none. Um, so that's like one thing to consider too. You should Google that really quickly. Can you get Medicaid in Florida if you're under the poverty line? Medicaid or Medicare? Medicaid, C-A-I-D. It says check your eligibility so you can go to a website and check for all they need is your zip code and answer a few easy questions and you can see the health and the, the prices. But that's at healthcare.com. What does it say? Who is eligible for Florida Medicaid? To, for, to be eligible for Florida Medicaid, you must be a resident of the state of a U.S. national citizen, permanent resident, legal alien, in need of healthcare insurance assistance through financial situation where you characterize as low income or very low income. So I guess you can. So like you have some accessibility, it may not be one of the greatest, but you do have something to start off with, you know? And I think there's also maybe like county things. It's just a matter of taking the time to research it. Alrighty, you guys. So that is it for this episode. This is basically one of the main reasons what fueled the podcast to become a podcast. <laughs> so yeah, this is just like a quick little lowdown of how we felt about that little scenario. Just uh, to end the episode, just remember, take care of your health, mental, everything. Just take care of yourself and take it day by day. Shake it easy. Until next time. Bye.